0: Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host and your purveyor, Dr. Shirley Medaire, hopefully leading you through this journey during this interview onto a more fabulous and beautiful life inside and out. Today's episode is dedicated to growth and evolution. And today's episode is called Freakin' Fabulous. <laughs> How to be inspired at work, at play, and in life. This is my interview with Amina Altai, a very good friend of mine, whom I have not seen in a few years. But wow, she has just grown into a more inspiring, incredible, and fabulous young lady. Amina and I first met years ago when I was trying (laughs) to form a socially conscious beauty platform called Beauty for Empowerment. And um, I gathered the best and most beautiful minds in my circle and asked them to become a part of it because I certainly couldn't do it alone. Amina had her own marketing and branding company and was at the top of her game. And as it turns out, she's still at the top of a different game. She graduated with a BS in marketing and advertising from NYU and started her career in marketing at Cartier. We love Cartier. (laughs) She then went on to co-found a marketing agency. After more than seven years working on startups and Fortune 500 companies for brands ranging from Samsung to Avene and SuperSmile, as well as helping to launch over 30 startups, and that's quite impressive. Amina then went on to lead marketing efforts for Spafinder Finder Wellness, and which we're very familiar with Spa Finder. She later took a post at Bliss. And I think now she has found and is maybe still currently finding her bliss, but I think she's there. And uh, she was the head brand integration officer overseeing the product, spa, and e-commerce businesses, continuing her track record of helping brands to achieve rapid growth and exponential success. So it sounds really great, right? Amazing, fabulous, like, oh, heavens opened up, nirvana, stars, everything. And then something happened. Amina pivoted and is now a holistic business and mindset coach and a corporate trainer. She has received impressive press in Goop, Mind Body Green, Entrepreneur, and so much more. I'm very proud of her. We're going to talk about her journey and how she may help all of us to live a more beautiful and freaking fabulous life. Welcome, Amina.
1: Thank you, Dr.
0: Shirley. I'm so happy you're here. I'm honored. My soul is smiling. Same. Thank
1: you. I burst through the elevators, literally ran towards (laughs) you. I was so excited.
0: I was drawing you in. (laughs) All right, more love fest to come. So anyway, Amina, in your own words, you state that you are half Arab, half British, and were born in London, but grew up in Jersey and now live in Brooklyn. Is that correct? That is true. <laughs> and that basically what that means is that some days some days your hair is straight, like mine. Some days your hair is curly, like mine. Some days it's wavy. And <laughs> you just never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. You never know. But to try to simply answer the question, where are you from? Who are you? Tell us. Ooh, such a big question. <laughs> How do you describe yourself?
1: So I'm half Iraqi, half Welsh. I was born in London, grew up in New Jersey. And now I reside in Brooklyn yes. with my husband. And I'm obviously multi. Cultural, Yes. And I'm a sister and I'm a friend and I'm a coach and someone just really connected to people furthering their development in life.
0: I love that. That's a great answer. I, I think we have a lot in common. <laughs> I love that multicultural brand, right? It just makes you mysterious. It when is. You travel sometimes and people are like, what are you? <laughs> right.
1: Or do people ever ask you, but where are you really from? Exactly.
0: It's <laughs> like, um, I can tell you where I was born, right. but then do you really want the whole history of Do you want the I... backstory? Uh, do you want the whole backstory? Because there's a story. There's a story. <laughs> Everybody's got a story. And in your intro, you mentioned that something happened that caused mm-hmm. you to reassess your success and make some life changes. What exactly happened? And... Like, what epiphanies did you experience during that time? Yeah, so
1: a true rock bottom. Mm. And it was probably around the time of Beauty for Empowerment. So I was diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases. I did not know that. Mm. I have celiac disease and Hashimoto's. Wow. And a lot of it was due to unmanaged stress. So I was running the agency, taking care of my clients, my employees, all these projects, and putting myself dead last and my body was whispering and then eventually it just shouted yeah. you know, there were these little signs along the way that I needed support that I needed help and I wasn't raising my hand yeah. and then eventually just you know got to the point where I was so ill that I couldn't really function I yeah. couldn't continue that path anymore And so that was a stop moment for me where I literally had to choose, do I keep doing this work in this way, being this human, or do I reassess and do I go on a different
0: journey? And I chose the other journey. Good for you. (laughs) Now, do you think that this putting ourselves last and just trying to do everything for everyone but not necessarily for ourselves, is that an entrepreneurial trait or is it a woman trait, or is it a combination? Yeah. I think all of the above, and it's also learned.
1: Yeah. So in our formative years, whatever we're exposed to, we're imprinted by, and yes. it cements our core beliefs. So yeah. if we believe that we have to work ourselves into the ground to be valuable, right. that's the story we're going to perpetuate. Yeah. And that was my story. That keep your head down, work really hard, that's people right. will
0: value you that way. Yeah. And I did that until my body was like, no, no way. More. Yeah. And I do think part of it is also cultural. Yes. Yeah, And I know you have multiple cultures to draw from, but I I I think in a lot of cultures it's just like, you know, stay low, keep your head down, work hard, and everything will just manifest as it should.
1: It's so true. So a lot of the work that I do in my coaching practice is centered around imposter syndrome because oh my gosh. Yeah, 70% of us will experience some form of imposter syndrome in our lives, but when we look at women, women of color, immigrant communities, those numbers skyrocket. Crazy. And it's about representation. We haven't yeah. seen people in the spaces that we're going into, so we don't yeah. believe that it's possible for us. Yeah. So we think, well, let's work harder.
0: There's an extra ceiling on top of us. Right. It compounds the issue. And and certainly when you're meeting people, whether it's other professionals or not, it doesn't matter. Sometimes I mean, when you meet other people, in my recollection and in my experience, and you would you you would tell them what you did, and people would ask me, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm a plastic surgeon, and they would just look at you in disbelief. Mm -hmm. Really? And ask again. I mean, really? And then still look at you in disbelief. So it's that constant perception of doubt or whatever, that sometimes if you hear it enough and experience it enough, you ask, you have to ask yourself, oh my God, am I? can I really do this? It's limiting. It is so limiting. That hurts my heart that you had that experience. That's okay. I do ignore it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. During your exploration and evolution of self, you explored nutrition, fitness, meditation, coaching. What were the most significant lessons that you took away from each or one particular of those disciplines?
1: Yeah. Beautiful question. So each of them served me in really different ways. When I was first diagnosed, the space that I could have the biggest impact was nutrition. Yes. So obviously with celiac disease, you eat a gluten-free diet. Clearly. But then I was looking at anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. diets, grain-free, really sort of testing all these pieces to understand what was best for my physiology. Right. And I became so lit up by what was available to me when I started to feel good. I was like, wow. So I went to pursue studies in nutrition. And it's interesting because whenever I'm out of integrity, my body tells me first and foremost, yes. that's the spaces where I get called back or called out. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm chugging along and I'm thinking nutrition is solving all of my challenges. And then I'm having some other struggles and I'm having adrenal fatigue. Yeah. And so then I turn to meditation. I turned to meditation to offset some of my psychological stress, but also the physiological stress because mm. autoimmune disease, that's a lot of stress on the body. Yeah. And that was profoundly impactful for me. Yes. And so really coming to my breath, having a daily practice, really sort of pivoted things in a big way. But then there was also some work to do still. Yes, and as always, a coach, always, always, we are never done. Lifelong. Whoever's listening, we are never <laughs> we done. Are it is never a journey. We done.
0: Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. It's a beautiful journey, but it's it's long. Yeah. It's
1: forever. It is forever. Yeah. And so I turned to coaching to be coached. Yes. And I found an incredible mindset coach who was so impactful and supportive of my journey and helping wow. me understand my mindset, its impact on my body, Absolutely. perhaps the, con- the mind-body connection, because that's yes. huge. 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 And just again became so lit up by everything that I was learning. Went back to school to be like, what can I learn? How can I incorporate this?
0: How can I teach it? I I think that's beautiful. I love that you went back to learn nutrition. I did the same actually just a few years ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they did the same. And I thought there's something missing. And I always knew intuitively, you know, food and nutrition and inner health. But this beauty thing, you know, Mm. that I'm trying to do and augmenting with plastic surgery and healing, etc. I was like, I have to, I just have to learn more. And the nutrition that I learned in med school was just not enough. So Mm. I went and Got a certificate in integrative nutrition, so I'm right there with yes, you, sister. Yes, sister, literally, <laughs> literally. I love it. Now about the business coaching that you mm-hmm. you you pursued and you subsequently now um, do. What exactly does that entail and how is your approach different from other business coaches? Yeah. Besides so, you're just freaking fabulous, so that in and of itself <laughs> is like enough, but I'm just saying in your own words Imagine how Imagine yeah. that was
1: my curriculum. Well, I'm just fabulous. <laughs> Isn't that enough? I would
0: sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Love yes, it. I'm sorry. So what does business t- coaching entail and how is your approach different?
1: So, I believe that we teach and share from our lived experience. So, in that way, there's space for all of us. So many of us are you know, going to the same coaching schools or the same medical schools, and we think that, well, we're all teaching the same thing. How yeah. are we unique? But we, right. when we teach from our authenticity and our lived experience, that's where the pivot is. That's yeah. where the juiciness is. Yeah. So my work combines traditional business coaching with mindset coaching and wellness coaching, because I believe we have to look at all three of those pieces with the same due diligence to okay. live well and whole. Okay. And we have to support ourselves in the center of our businesses. It's not just, you know, what's the revenue and profitability I want to achieve but how do I want to feel as I'm journeying
0: towards that what lights me up who do I want to be who do I feel called to be what do I want to impact yeah all those things are so important it's true and you should be asking yourself if I may say not only how do I want to contribute to the world but how do I want to contribute to a better life for myself so I can keep doing what it is that I love
1: yes One of the things we talked about before we started recording was self-sacrifice and that not being a contribution. Yes, And so many of us as founders, we tend to think, okay, keep your head down, stay in the hustle, produce the work, create something beautiful, but we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's not a contribution. We have to be able to show up fully for
0: the work, for our people, for the impact. I'm glad that you repeated that for me because I'm going to quote you, self-sacrifice is not a contribution love so you do believe it's important to create a methodology that supports both the person um, from a health perspective as well as the health of a business. Mm-hmm. So it's all about both entities being healthy. So does do other business coaches do that or not?
1: You know it's so interesting I haven't really looked. And I'm sure there are some that are layering. I think Girl Boss actually looks at wellness and business, yeah. and I think that the mindset piece is a really juicy and important one too. Bringing in the yeah. imposter syndrome work so important, so important. Um, but then I also speak really specifically to when I talk about my archetype or my target yes. woman. She's yeah. somebody who has climbed the first mountain in her career, looked yeah. around, and thought this isn't it. Oh she's- my gosh! Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it's my journey, essentially, that we lived life according to programming or somebody else's beliefs, looked around and thought, this doesn't fit me. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I can serve people really well because that was my journey.
0: Yeah. And uh, we interviewed, I interviewed another guest who actually um, was struggling with that as well. And she observed that with uh, all the people that she met and subsequently interviewed. You just, you climb the mountain, you get someplace, and then you realize, Okay. Right. And? Now what? Now what? So very, very interesting question. I think more to come on that. You offer a course from frustration to freaking awesome. I love the title itself. What do you find is the most common source of frustration for entrepreneurs? So it's so interesting. Oftentimes
1: people will, will come to me and they'll say, well, I'm not making the money that I want to make or I'm not hitting these specific goals. And it is never about the money. It is never about the goals. And the minute we peel back the layers, mm-hmm. there's so much in there about our core beliefs around success yes, and what's available to us and what we deserve. And that that frustration is just a symptom of those
0: beliefs, really. I think it's really fascinating to talk about this in the context of, context of career and business because many times... Times when you do peel away a lot of those layers you realize oh my gosh not that it was an intentional form of self-sabotage but many times we're the ones who are standing in our own way yes and that is sometimes the most difficult lesson because some, for me um, for a long time I used to blame part of my part of I guess the lack of energy in, in my career or lack of advancement in my career I would look outside of myself mm-hmm. to blame someone else well you know it was the establishment or it was You know, this ism that, you know, I had to experience. But then I've really learned that a lot of that was really me. So what? Somebody calls me, you know, a name. So what? Somebody thinks that I'm not capable. It's up to me, actually, to show myself that I can and therefore maybe show the other person, but who cares? So, yeah, that is very important work, and I'm happy that you're doing it with people. Totally.
1: And those isms are not okay, and it's unfortunate that they still happen. Yes, they do. But we get to
0: choose how we respond, and if we're going to drink the poison or what we're going to do with it. Exactly, and I love that response. You, You choose it, so the responsibility is really yours to be able to choose how to respond or if to respond at all to that, whether it's an ism, whether it's a comment, whether it's a perception, anything. Mm -hmm. So we do take responsibility for those actions. It's true. You work, is this correct? You work primarily with women, mostly with women, not so much, mostly with men. Um, And if it is mostly women, why did you intentionally choose that and why?
1: Yeah, so I've had two male clients
0: uh, (laughs) over the years. (laughs) Shout
1: out to those guys. Shout out to the fellas. (laughs) So I think we attract a lot of what we are. So most of the women I work with are women of color or immigrant communities. Or multicultural. Multicultural, exactly. So there's this point of connection. There's shared stories. Mm -hmm. And there's also things that I've specifically worked through that I can sort of mitigate the learning curve for with them. That's true. And so part of it was, you know, I initially set out thinking, yes, these are the spaces that I want to help but then I really saw a group rise to the top and yes. there was this magnetism and connection where we selected each other
0: there you go it was organic growth it was wonderful um, do you have a favorite sc- client success story or your own success story I know you have so many successes oh, but yeah. is there one that is absolutely at the top of mind or one from your clients
1: I have so many beautiful clients, yeah, I think. Do. One of them is such a great story. So she was working in the context of an organization, it was an agency, and she was a really brilliant illustrator. Mm-hmm. And she's working as a graphic designer and we did work around core beliefs and limitation, mm. healing family lineage oh, yeah. around money and poverty oh, yeah. mindset. Yes. And in a space of six months, she got a raise. She got a promotion. She then left the agency, started her own illustration company. And Whoa! Yes, she is so going to be the Beyonce of illustration. Oh, I can't even. <laughs> I can't the even Beyonce wait. Of illustration. But just watching her, you yeah. know, just tiny tiny tweaks, and then mm. watching her get in action, and watching the world around her change was wow. powerful.
0: That is powerful. Where can I sign up? You Girl.
1: know, when you just see somebody shift their mindset yes. and then shift everything that they magnetize, yes. it is. Amazing. So it's possible. Oh, it's
0: so possible. It blows my mind every time. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's wonderful to be a part of that. It is. To facilitate in that way. And there are so many stories out there, but um, there's one that you referred to on your site called the buttoned-up entrepreneur who Mm -hmm. does everything right, um, says everything, takes the courses, does everything, and yet nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So or success or their version of success does not happen. What in general do you think are some of the missing links or some of the obstacles getting in the way of success happening?
1: Yeah, I think specifically for that type of person, and I was that person. Yes, I
0: was too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Speaking sure from even, experience.
1: Yes. I'm sure there's even shades of her lingering somewhere oh, yeah. in the shadows. Yes, oh,
0: the shadow self. Oh. oh my gosh, another podcast. Total yes, shadow work. <laughs> Amen to shadow work.
1: So for that particular person, there is this misalignment. Mm. And so we're not living from our authenticity. Mm. So are we aligned with our values? Have we actually sat down to examine our core beliefs for ourselves, or are we operating by somebody else's vision and, and somebody else's book? And then that moment that you sit down and you reevaluate and you design life for you and what you want to do and align it with the impact that you want to have, whether it's your family, communities, cultures or subcultures, and you align it with your gifts too, Yes, that's when we have those alchemical moments. That's when we come out of the buttoned up, not working, and into ease and
0: grace. I love that. I'm going to quote you on that as well. (laughs) You mentioned the words magic, empowerment, and freedom in your uh, website content now how do those translate into um, I can see how those words could translate into one's personal life but how do those words magic and you know freedom um, uh, empowerment how do those words translate into one's career or one's business
1: yeah. So for me, freedom and equality are my two top values. And so my work is actually correlated there. And I believe that when we align with the truth of who we are, we do work that's really that's our purpose. There is this yes. tremendous freedom there. Yes. And in that in that path, in that journey, we're owning all the pieces and parts of ourselves. So when I own myself, yes. I can understand, see and honor all the pieces and parts of you. Yes. And there's this beautiful conversation of equality. Yes. So I think it's it's so important. It's so connected to freedom. And then there are moments of magic, right? So sometimes we think that it's one plus one equals two, and that's the outcome in the business, but sometimes it can be like, you know, you can really hit your stride, you can really lean into alignment. And like I was saying with my former client, just you change your mindset, you make these little tweaks, and then you have profound, you know, difference in
0: expression, you magnetize different things, and there's a ripple effect. Yeah. I, I think that's super valuable. And I think coaching is really important because sometimes you, you just don't know how to have that conversation with yourself. So having the conversation and digging deeper with someone else really helps to bring out, again, your true values, your true gifts or what mm-hmm. it is that you really want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. We Or were ta- write your own book.
0: Totally. Before we recorded also, we were talking yes. about mirrors.
1: Yes. And coaches can be such good mirrors. Oftentimes, until we're bumping up against somebody, we can't yes. really see ourselves fully. Exactly. We can see others, but it's the hardest thing to to see ourselves that's true. but when
0: people sort of reflect back these traits that's when the real work can happen absolutely uh, that's when you have a choice <laughs> to do the work because then sometimes when people bump up against you there's a lot of resistance for sure but to be able to you know Accept that resistance and process it in such a way that you understand that, hmm, this is, you know, tickling me in a funny way or this is kind of grating on a nerve. There must be something deeper here and therefore there's something I need to work on. That takes a lot of strength and courage, flat out courage. And it is
1: not easy. It's not cute. No. 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 But you have the support (laughs) system and great people around you to help you move through. That's right.
0: If you've got a tribe and I know you can help people as well. As a coach, do you coach yourself? and or do you have a coach and how do you it's the part b of the question so do you coach yourself or have a coach and the second part is how do you measure your own success yeah so, such a beautiful question. So many parts.
1: If I miss any of the parts, let me know. Hold me don't accountable. Worry, I'll hold you accountable. Great. <laughs> yes. So, I don't coach myself, but I have tools that I take myself through regularly. Okay. So, what I are have some, some of those tools. I have this journal called The Nourishment Journal, and oh. it outlines this mindset framework that okay. helps you identify if you're in a fear story or a story in general. So, let's say you're having a really bad day, you're having a meltdown, whatever it is. <laughs> yes. You take yourself through this process where yeah. you understand, okay, what's fact and yes. universal truth, and then what's it's a story. Okay. And then is there a limiting belief in there or a belief that's keeping me stuck? Uh-huh, and then okay. how can I reframe that? Right. So I will regularly take myself through that. Okay. And even if I'm like on the subway and something yeah. happens, I just bust out the notes section of my phone, take yeah. myself through the framework. Yes. And I'm like, okay. Got my tools. Yes. But I'm also regularly being coached. Yeah. And I think it's so important for the emotional hygiene for me to it's also awkward. continue my growth. So I have more to give back to my right. clients. Right. So you're investing in yourself. To invest
0: in them to too. To invest in your clients.
1: Right, if I'm yeah. not growing, that has an impact on all the people that I'm in service
0: to. That's true. And that doesn't feel right That's to true, me. and I think that's applicable to probably almost everyone in every industry. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to be your best self if you want to do your best work. Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay. And what was the last part of the question? How do you measure your own success?
1: So it used to be really different. So for I would sure. use very traditional KPIs yeah. where I'd look yeah. at revenue or profitability yeah. or how many clients I had. Now I measure my success based on joy. How much fun am I having? Wow. And in this podcast, it's a 10. I'm having Yay! so
0: much fun. Yay! I'm having 10. so much fun. No, this no. is work, you 10, 10, 10,
1: 10, 10. 10, 10. <laughs> That's like an Olympic
0: score. Perfect
1: 10. I love that. But it just fills me up. And I'm so happy. joy is such an important piece in our work, in our lives. It really yes. does fill us up and allow us to give back in a bigger way. So. Yes.
0: And you know that um, a lot of people don't take that into consideration or use it as a measure of success. Yeah. I also interviewed um, someone who talked about joy oh. and talked about not getting enough play in our lives and you know as I was doing her research and then interviewing her part of me was thinking okay really you know play more are you serious just randomly get up and dance but the more I talked to her and the more she just made so much sense and her message resonated with me deeply and I think of her often so that you mentioned joy and and fun and I love what
1: you're saying I had resistance to it too like my nickname was no fun Amina like literally (laughs) really? yeah and I used to be like very sneaky about quote unquote fun I'd be like oh I'm going to do this fun dance class, but I'm going to invite a colleague and make it a business meeting. Oh so I would gosh. pretend things that were fun, but I was yeah. making them productive or I was like layering <laughs> something in there. Literally, I didn't know how to have fun. Oh my God.
0: I find that hard to believe, seriously. Well, yeah. yeah. Back then, okay. <laughs> I, was <laughs> up and I was like, no fun, yeah. there's no time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, and I, and I was the person that was rolling the eyes at have fun, play, right. joy. Right. But it's gotten to the point where it's like, wow, that was the missing piece. Yes. And work can feel good. And yes. there's all these incredible
0: people that have expanded my belief system around that. And you can still invite, you know, your colleague to your belly dancing class (laughs) and make it fun. That's interesting that you say that about, you know, no fun. I think I always had fun probably to my detriment, but anyway. um, (laughs) But the resistance that you talk about, I remember going to my first yoga class (laughs) and I just wanted to try it because I I was a ballet dancer and I missed dancing Um. ballet, but I, you know, I, Can't do it the same way. So I said, I'm not doing it. If I can't do it with like 100%, I'm not going to do it at all. It's all or none for me. All or none, (laughs) surely. So I thought, okay, fine. If no ballet, then at least yoga. So I went to my first yoga class. You know, I sat down. I assumed the lotus position or to the best of my ability. And everybody started chanting. And I remember, I will never forget, I remember thinking to myself, you've got to be freaking kidding me. I came for a workout of my body. Not to sing some song in unison with everybody else, okay? I submitted to it. I let go, I released, I allowed, and then I started chanting a little bit and realized, okay, I was a second soprano, I could do this. (laughs) Not that I was trying to be competitive, but I had to learn to let go of the resistance. That moment Uh, of
1: surrender.
0: That moment of surrender is transformative and impactful, but uh, that resistance puts up a nasty little fight. A real fight, yes. I feel you. As a coach, now I'm going to ask you a couple of different definitions. You don't have to answer as a coach, you can just answer as the fabulous person that you are. But I want you to define two things success and then beauty. I do my work, girl. Yeah, you do.
1: <laughs> Success for me is doing what I love, loving what I do, feeling fully expressed in it. So, every room that I walk into, I walk in in the totality of my being, and I'm lit up, and it's feeling really good. I'm giving back,
0: I'm receiving back. It's a beautiful ecosystem. Where's that 10 sign? Because she just gave me to me. You just gave me that 10 <laughs> definition. That was epic. And it just rolled off your tongue like brrr, bam. <laughs> <laughs> thinking I was like what are, what were my intentions for this year and
1: it really was around that yeah
0: you're in alignment my my diagnosis you are in alignment girl thank you Dr. Shirley <laughs> okay for fun well the second part of the definition what, how do you define beauty beauty is mind body soul for
1: me it's so interesting and I like I think that you are more beautiful every time I see you oh and God, I think it's Thank be- you. a little help on my friends but thank you <laughs> But there are the people that you see that more every single day they're journeying closer and closer to the truth of who they are. And that is such a beautiful thing. And that is reflected on the outside. That inside work is always seen on the outside.
0: 100% agree. And believe me, I've got lots of definitions of beauty, but they pretty much all mean the same, right? Your truth, your expression, internal and external expression of your truth. Mm. Beautiful, hands down, global, universal, period, end of story. Yes. Mic drop. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) For fun, what one beauty product would you absolutely not leave home without?
1: This is a hard question. This is so hard. But it's also very easy for me. Okay.
0: So yes.
1: it has to be my Orbe dry shampoo. Oh, okay. So I'm a clean beauty junkie. Yes. But there are I have not found, I don't want to say that there aren't, but I have right. not found a really fantastic dry shampoo in the clean beauty space. So okay. my tried and true is Orbe, And, wow. you know, I have textured hair. Yes. And as I, do I do not wash that every day. Because that not is either. a project. Right. So <laughs> that dry shampoo literally saves me time. Wow. And also it's the kind of dry shampoo, it's clear yes and so it doesn't leave that no residue. residue or
0: the colored yeah. totally
1: but it also seems to somehow pre- pres- uh, preserve ugh. it somehow seems to preserve the style and just the volume think,
0: without weighing it down does not weigh it down huh without making it sticky or stiff not sticky it's I'm it's mind-blowing i'm gonna have to look into this because um, as part of the Forever Fab podcast, I do 15 minutes of fab. And I do product reviews. Oh, my gosh. You need to review this one. I think I'm going to review this
1: one. It's g- and I have tried them all. Really? Yeah. That okay. and natural deodorant. I have tried everything. Okay.
0: <laughs> natural deodorant. Just go without. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I laughed so loudly into the microphone. I think the tech team is going to have to totally tone that down. But that was like a real guttural oh, laugh. That go without. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Two last questions, my darling. And uh, I'm so sad to say that our time, at least on the podcast, will soon be over. But I know your number. I know how to find you for more of this beautiful kiki. So second to last question is called the Fast Five. I'm going to give you two um, options, a set of five of two options. And just tell me immediately what comes to mind. Don't think about it. Okay. Okay. First one, red lips or shimmer eyeshadow? Shimmer eyeshadow. Me too. Work hard or play hard? Play hard. That was fast. <laughs> that is fast. The game has changed. The game has changed. <laughs> vacation or staycation? Vacation. Mm, you said staycation? Vacation. Oh, vacation. Okay, mm-hmm. we do. Startup or Fortune five hundred? Startup. Wow. Success or awesomeness? Awesomeness. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> that was like
1: so easy. Yeah, and you can sneak success into awesomeness. This is true.
0: <laughs> well, I know you know how to do that. Roll it in. Just roll it in. Last question is the Fab Five. And what are your top five recommendations for living a freaking fabulous and beautiful life? I'm going to write these down. Well, I first always of learn all, from these. like
1: listening to your podcast or just being Aww. around your general energy because Thank it's you. amazing. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I try. You don't have to try. It literally, it just radiates from you. Thank you, my
0: dear. Thank That's you. I appreciate that. Number so,
1: two. Okay. The biggest thing for me, I would say, is really owning your genius. Mm. So important. Like, we all have a form of genius. Some of us think it's reserved for the select few, but own your genius. We all have our own form of brilliance. Stand Agreed. in that.
0: Agreed. Um, Didn't someone say that, that? Sorry to interrupt, but there's mm-hmm. at least seven different types of intelligence, social intelligence, musical intelligence, academic intelligence. So I like that. That totally resonates. Owning your own genius because it can come in so many different forms. So many forms. I love the social genius part because there's some people who know how to work a room. Right? Like move the energy of a room but still yeah. make
1: every person feel connected right. with. That is powerful. powerful. That's genius. Okay, sorry, genius. Okay, number three. <laughs> um, align your work with your values. Yes. So we talked a little bit about this but what are your top-ranking values? What's so important for you? Because I think it's the last Deloitte Shift Index survey said four out of five of us are somewhat dissatisfied with our work. Wow. And I think it's because we have dissonance around values. Yeah. So we're working in organizations or with people who aren't values aligned, and we spend more of our heartbeats at work than we do anywhere else, and that's going to create some friction.
0: Yes, no question. So
1: align your work with your values. Okay. Um, the other big thing is anchor in your impact. Like, what is your big why? What are you called to do? I mean, why Why did you come here? We all chose to come back, come to Earth, right? That's come right. to Earth School. Yes. <laughs> what are you here to make better, heal, make whole, whether it's for your family, for your community, is the greater good? What is the impact that you want to have? Because that also gets us out of the tailspin, too. So mm-hmm. oftentimes when we are in the swirl or we're in a story – Oftentimes, by coming back and examining our impact and, and the greater peace that we're connected to, that interdependence with the rest of the world really puts
0: everything in context. So, does that go to evaluating or reevaluating your mission, purpose, you know, in life in general? Yeah. You know, the big yeah. juicy impact, the big, the big why. And number five Ooh, do all things with joy. Yes! Do all things with joy. It yes. is that feel good fuel that catalyzes everything. It's so true. Oh my God, you can't, you just can't overestimate or underestimate, frankly, either one, joy. No, you just can't. It's just, it's huge. It should be in your face, loud, there all the time, like, ah, has a serious yeah. presence. I love and that. And that gives us the difference between that hell yes and the hell no. Absolutely. Very true. Yeah, the difference between hell yes and hell no is joy. Mm-hmm. So true. Amina. You did it for me today. Thank you so much. You did so it for mu- me. I like, don't want this to end. <laughs> legitimately. More questions. Do I have to go? <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your expertise, your beauty, your love, your contribution for your freaking fabulousness. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so we have to have you back. If you will honor us with your presence.
1: Oh, it's been my honor, my joy, Dr. Shirley, and you you. are just, like I said, the most incredible role model, beautiful
0: energy, your commitment to furthering everybody. You're just incredible. Well, you're a part of that. I do believe the people who have been in my life and who are in my life actually contribute to who I am. So thank you for that. You've been listening to my interview with Amina Altai on Freaking Fabulous, How to Be Inspired at Work, play and in life. Thank you for listening and thank you, Amana, for being here. If you listeners want to feel inspired and ready to dig deep and shine bright, shine bright like a diamond. Thank you, hashtag Rihanna. Visit Amana Altai for a free consultation. You will not regret it. You will shine bright. You will reach, you know, new heights, you will kill it. And then I will certainly have you on my podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab Podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful. Inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.